0: Welcome to Eurovision Queens! Welcome to Eurovision Queens, a podcast celebration of the glitz, glamour and glory that is the Eurovision Song Contest. Hello, I'm Andy, an old-school, long-term Eurovision fan. And I'm Ryan, an increasingly
1: obsessive Eurovision basic bitch who's here to learn about the deeper cuts.
0: Are you really that basic? Quite basic. You are quite (laughs) basic. Anyway, we came up with the idea of doing this pod whilst whilst on holiday together in Mykonos. We had a great time, didn't we? We had an amazing time. Still got the bit of a sunburn to (laughs) prove (laughs) it. And it's no coincidence that we came up with this pod while we were there. It's one of the gayest destinations in Europe, so So, where better to come up with this idea from? Exactly.
1: And the idea is that each episode we travel back through the ages and highlight the good, the bad and the crazy of the songs and the performers that we love.
0: And also the ones we don't like quite so much. Sometimes there's a bit of dross, isn't there? Let's be honest. We're not blind to the contest's faults. Well, I'm learning that as we go. (laughs) (laughs) So, Ryan, tell me, I'm dying to know, what's your earliest Eurovision memory? Right, so my very, very earliest Eurovision memory
1: is actually we're turning it into a a part of a feature later on in the show. A feature? A feature, so we'll be talking about that very soon. Um, But it does involve a national selection in the UK that I was not happy with the results. Even though I would have been 11, maybe, at the time, I was not happy. (laughs) Um, And then we've got the the basic bitch elements of loving Gina G. Yeah. And then discovering Euphoria and that being like my new modern Eurovision and from there on sort of vibe.
0: Yeah. Um, How about you? Well, I was just going to say. Often when we go to clubs, Ryan oh. will will choose to go up to the DJ and say, "Put you for it on." If I
1: have to, I should expect it to come on within about ten minutes of just arriving. Actually, yeah, which it did the last time we went out, so that it was did. good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, I think you're asking me how. <laughs> yeah. So, how about you, Andy? uh, i'm glad you asked what's your earliest eurovision memory (laughs) so we used to have that may week holiday um back in the 70s i'm not saying it was something that was just in the 70s it feels like it was (laughs) but um we would go and stay in a cottage with another family and me and my elder sister would be there and we'd watch eurovision probably on a terrible black and white monitor in a hokey old cottage somewhere Mm. and i remember watching brotherhood of man winning in 1976 even though i was very very wee i was probably about (laughs) four years old but from that point on i thought well we'll always win this that's that's what eurovision is it's about the uk winning how wrong i was yes whereas my experience is very different (laughs) (laughs) we have a structure for the podcast do we not each episode we aim to play seven different Eurovision songs, based on seven different categories. Can you tell us about the first three, Ryan? Hmm. So the first three are time-locked
1: to different periods in Eurovision history. Time-locked, eh? Time-locked, and we've decided these very technically. The first period in Eurovision history will be the 2010s to present day. Then we're going to have the 90s and naughties, and then
0: 80s and earlier. So the 80s one goes right back to 58. Is that right, the first contest? Yes. Gosh. Yeah. so they're the first three songs then the second three will be as follows a UK entry what we're calling the bridesmaid slot <laughs> those acts that finish second in a Eurovision final tantalisingly close to winning the prize and finally an award we're going to call the Juice Award D-E-U-C-E <laughs> so named for reasons that Ryan will explain later basically an act that never got to Eurovision but should have done yeah. exactly
1: and then the final song for each episode will be left to the Eurovision gods. We have a randomizer which will pick any song from any year oh, ever yeah. between 1958 and present day. Even we have no idea what it's going to be.
0: So that's going to be a shocker. Yeah, it could be a shocker. Quite it easily could be shocker. a shocker. It could be something absolutely awful. It could be like a winner from one year. It could. We're just going to have to go with whatever it is when it comes up.
1: What would the odds be on that? I
0: know, I don't know. I, I don't want to do maths. I'm not here to do maths. Not maths. <laughs> anyway, if this sounds fun to you, if you're on board, it's time for us to play that familiar anthem. So the first song of this episode falls into that category, that time lock category of 2010s to the present day. We are traveling back to the Eurovision Song Contest of 2015, when we saw Nadav Guej perform Golden Boy.
2: Mama, someone broke my heart again. Tell her I don't think I can take it anymore. Whoa, mama, someone broke my heart again. Now I'm going to ease my pain, dancing on the floor. Take me out, I'm not the moon for a broken heart Gonna dance tonight Forget her
0: Nadav Gherj with Golden Boy from Eurovision 2015, song number three. He represented Israel. What did we think of that? What did we think of that? Well, first thing that
1: strikes me is shiny shoes, or you could even say golden shoes. Golden shoes, very on brand for the song. Very on brand for the song.
0: He had no neck, I noticed. Poor chap. No oh, neck. we're going in
1: straight away, are we? <laughs> we wow. Are.
0: And he was very creepy and possibly too old to be rapping. Was he rapping, or he was doing something that was a bit cringe?
1: Yes, it was. I was. I was, <laughs> I was more um, in with the the dance, the, the air quote dancing, yeah, dancing, dancing posse that dancing? sort of, oh, the posse dancing, the posse sort of dancing. Yeah, yeah. you were down with um, that, were you? I'm not necessarily down with no. this, That that was the that was the um, part that I got stuck on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think general rule in life is if anyone tells you that they're fun or they're wacky, they're, they're not. The, the king of fun. He's the king of fun. He is the king of fun. <laughs> um, I think that's yeah, it's it's a clear no. He was not fun if he tells you he's the king of fun. But he did give us a dance break so he does get extra points okay. for that. But before you leave, let me show you Tel Aviv. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I thought he we was going to say something else. So I was quite relieved <laughs> when he said Tel Aviv. But quite dirty. But anyway, Enough of critique of Nadav. Well, well, bless him. I did enjoy his. Gotta go. Three minutes. Bye. I did. I really did enjoy that. Despite myself, I really did enjoy that. Like a fun way to end the Eurovision song. Exactly. This finished in third place in the second semi-final, which is very good. But in the final, it only got ninety-seven points and was ninth. I suppose it's top ten. Top ten finish. That
1: would be the left-hand side of the board, wouldn't it? Exactly. Yeah. I mean. We never. Get. I mean, our standards are so low. At this point, <laughs>
0: we so. never get to the left-hand side of the UK. So well done, well done him. But why are we choosing this particular song? It seems like a weird one to start. So
1: obviously, we've just been to Mykonos, and I don't know the Mykonos people like this song, don't they? So
0: well, they like a version of it. Ah, that's it. Yes, back in 2015, a bit later on after the after the the contest. Greek singer Eleni Ferreira, yes, her of Fuego fame, released a Greek version called Sto Theomapiae, which I believe means take me to God, which is a very different lyric, isn't it, to Golden Boy. Yeah. <laughs> but we were watching an amazing drag queen in Bar and Mykonos. Tell us about her, Ryan.
1: Oh, she was the life and soul of Portobar. Did yeah, Porto. Portobar, yeah, that was it. And she would come out and absolutely... Demolish the place, and we became very fast fans of hers. I would say, yeah. didn't we? Yeah.
0: Um, her name's Gloria Darling. She's on. She's Gloria Insta. Darling
1: on yeah on the Instas, yeah. and you can find her very easily on there. And she did a version of that, and she brought all of the Fuego hair flipping to that. She brought everything to and, it,
0: and and I couldn't work out what it was at the time. I was like, I know this is a Eurovision song, yeah. but. None of the lyrics are familiar because it was in Greek. Why would they be? Um, so it wasn't until we got back to the, to our apartment that we realised, ah, number one, it's Golden Boy in a Greek <laughs> version. Number two, a sung by Eleni Ferreira. Exactly. And then we were like, we're in love with that version, actually. It, that is
1: now <laughs> our version of this song. To, so. To be that basic.
0: <laughs> this is a two for one deal, isn't it? They're going to get to hear the Eleni Ferreira version now.
1: What a treat. I guess so. Yeah.
0: So get this in your ears. <laughs>
3: δυνατό ξέρω πώς, πώς να σε βρω, πώς να σε δω. Είναι τόσο απίστευτο πώς δεν μπορώ να σε να Έχει κάτι που η αμαρτία μοιάζει με κάτι θεϊκό και θέλω Ότι μέσα μου συμβαίνει με την άνασα μου κομμένη άλλο δεν θα αναλύσω Νιώθω το σφιγμό χτυπάει, χρόνο αντίστροφα μετράει θα το ζήσω Τρία, δύο, ένα,
1: Into our '90s to 2010 songs.
0: Yeah, it's it's a bit tricky this because I think the 2000s 2000 to 2010 is pretty hot, but '90s to 2000 was for me when Eurovision was very slowly getting going. So we could fall into the wrong side of this. <laughs> and when you think about the technology and then
1: the what 10 years later that the technology then comes to Eurovision and not just and the fashions.
0: fashions yes but it's not just the technology it's just like the sophistication of the songs just increases so much and i think people mm. start to take Eurovision seriously when it starts to get into the 2000s
1: some people take it more
0: seriously other people have started to lose interest yeah i mean the uk didn't take it seriously from all the way up till very very recently until this year yeah, until <laughs> this year in fact <laughs> exactly <laughs> so up next is Fame with Give Me Your Love. Yeah, now Fame is a Swedish duo consisting of Jessica Anderson and Magnus Backlund. And they won Melody Festival back in 2003. Oh, Melody Festival. Yeah, let's just stop for a moment mm. to talk about Melody Festival and the fact that, that Ryan here has become obsessed with it, haven't you?
1: I have I think I've watched the last two years, so the twenty. 20- 22 and 2021 so competition.
0: Explain to the dinner
1: listeners what it is. So, Melody Festival, and for anyone that doesn't know, <laughs> is Sweden's national selection. Yeah. But they do it right and they make about the same amount there's what well, the 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 show is about the same level <laughs> as Eurovision itself as the final. Yeah. As the final, so you get Eurovision starting in January yeah. and it goes for weeks 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 Weeks. and every saturday i would sit down with pizza and i would watch the the choices i have more melody festival and songs on my eurovision playlist for each year than i actually have eurovision songs (laughs) that's that's how much i get into it yeah
0: and i'm sure some of those will come up in um, one of the slots in future weeks
1: Uh, yep i will be having plenty that i will be bringing to the should have made it to eurovision
0: (laughs) (laughs) just from this one year yeah um Anyway, back in 2003, Melody Festival wasn't quite as big, but they were still doing it very well. Fame won that contest with 240 points. It was a landslide, apparently, beating previous Melody Festival and winners such as Jan Johansson, Jill Johnson, and Aphrodite, and as well as the very famous Swedish pop group Alcazar. So, this is, is Fame with Give Me Your Love, who performed in 2003. Oh. So that was fame with give me your love now i've got to tell you ryan 2003 was one of my very favorite eurovision memories oh. that year was one of the years we first years we got the cd and we just played <laughs> it forever in the car and we literally loved like 10 to 15 of the songs it was a really really strong year and we had five winners there was justine hasselgaard i'm um, On the piano, there was Nicola, Don't Break My Heart. There were so many amazing songs that year, and it was really hard to work out which one was going to win.
1: Well, so my biggest takeaway from that is someone was doing well for themselves to have a CD player in their car in 2003.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But the thing was, it was fifth, which I think they they did quite well. Fifth is, is very respectable. I think fifth, incredibly good. And
1: it's one of those songs that, you know, it's quintessentially Swedish. Yes. If Swedish I can say that. Yeah. And, I mean, we've been in a Swedish bar and we've danced to that. Yeah, we and have... we've had people go crazy for it. Yes. And then the look asphalt. at us going like... How do you know How that? How do you know this song? <laughs> yes. And it's like, this is a good one. This is an important one. I mean, I know it because you've taught it. <laughs> taught you've to... taught me the importance of this one. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it's an important one and it is a good one. Yeah. And
0: it's that... It punches through with the popness, doesn't it? It does. It's such a Eurovision entry. It's brilliant. I have to say, I hadn't realised how over-prepared, over overdone his hair was. Very, very sort of David Van Day meets Bugs Fizz Men sort of. 75% of the staging budget was in his hair. His hairspray, wasn't it? His hair. And or the other
1: gel. 25% was his shoes. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> now, I would like those shoes. <laughs> Is that wrong that I want, I, I covet his silver cowboy boots? Not at all.
1: I don't know if they'd fit you. Do we know if he's a tall man?
0: I don't think he was very tall, was he? No. It's
1: hard to tell because of the hair.
0: I al- almost liked his blue see-through shirt as well. I mean, you didn't get to see nip nip mm-hmm. action, but <laughs> I did like that. Wow. But the rest of it was just a bit, I don't know, it's a bit, not sleazy, but just bopking. So I've spotted a
1: trend alert with our <gasps> two choices already okay, as well. Me. Is backing dancers joining three quarters of the way through the song oh. to just join for the end and live their best lives. So Wonderful. for the just the two that we've chosen, it's nice that the backing dance, uh backing singers even, get to come out into the into the harsh daylight for it yeah. a little bit.
0: And for the fact fans, Jessica Anderson returned to Eurovision twice more for Melody Festival in Mm -hmm. 2010 and 2021, but she's not reached the same heights as she reached with fame back in 2003. Not quite. So now we arrive at our 50s to 80s section, and we've chosen a winner. Or rather, I've chosen a winner, haven't yeah, I? Yeah, this is all you. This is all me. I feel like he's distancing himself <laughs> from this section. We're going back, to in fact, to the 60s, to um, a Eurovision won um, by um, Luxembourg, well, France Gall, who is a very famous French singer, Isabelle Geneviève Marie-Anne Gall, who um, was known professionally as France Gall. And she performed in 1965, and won the Eurovision Song Contest just aged 17 years old with this song Poupée de Cire, Poupée de Son What did you just call me?
4: (laughs) 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 (laughs)
5: mes chansons Poupée de cire Poupée de son Suis-je meilleure Suis-je pire Qu'une poupée de salon Je vois la vie en rose bonbon Poupée de cire Poupée de sang Mes disques sont un miroir Dans lequel chacun peut me voir Je suis partout à la fois Brisé en mille éclats de voix Sur mes chansons Poupées de cire, poupées de son Elles se laissent séduire Pour un oui, pour un non L'amour n'est pas que dans les chansons Que chacun peut me voir Je suis partout à la fois Révée en mille éclats de voix Seule parfois je soupire Je me dis à quoi bon Chanter ainsi l'amour sans raison Sans rien connaître des garçons Je ne de, de suivre une poupée de son
0: OK, so that was Poupée de Cire, Poupée de sang," <laughs> which means wax doll, rag doll. Now, famously, this was a song written by Serge Gainsbourg who also did that Je t'aime song, you know, with mm. um, Jane Birkin. Uh, so he wrote the song for France Gall. But the problem is with it now, and she wasn't happy with this looking back, is that it's suggesting that she's just his puppet, his singing doll. Mm. Um, and we're, we're reading from um, Wikipedia here <laughs> <laughs> with a, a brain full of chaff. Um, a floppy doll stuff with bran or chaff. Not, yeah, not as the doll. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about you. Um, so, yeah, singing doll controlled by Serge Gainsbourg. So, I don't think she carried on singing this very long after the cont- contest. But it did really well. It sold uh, more than 500,000 copies in France, and it's it's known as one of the winners. Have you heard it before? Again, I think it's
1: one that I've heard because of you, okay. maybe. But... I mean, it's, it's one that I'm not particularly familiar with, but I can see why it was a winner. Yeah. And it's a good song and it's got some drama in it and yeah. it marches along at a really good pace.
0: Yeah. And we just watched the actual performance at Eurovision. We played in, though, the recording because it's better quality. Mm. But what a surprise was it was quite pitchy and she whispered some bits more than in the recording and she played around with it. I like the whispering. I like the whispering. The Whispering, it was Mm. good. The Whispering is good. Yes. Sensual. (sighs) (laughs) But what was really interesting was that this song was booed at the rehearsals because it was felt to be too modern. This is the first modern Eurovision pop song, and it still sounds like a long way off from where we are today, but this was Breaking Boundaries, and that's why I chose it for this look. So this was a euphoria of of the time. of 65. (laughs) Yes.
1: A 65 euphoria. (laughs)
4: Yes
1: very good thank you Franz Karl. cool basic bitch Ryan here just to let you know that you can get in touch with us on email at eurovision at gmail.com you can follow us on Instagram at EurovisionQueens and on Twitter we are EuroQueensPod. And back to the show. Up next, we've got our spotlight on a UK entry that we think deserves a little bit more love or just.
0: Well, if we keep going with the podcast for years, uh, we're, we're going to we'll, we'll play them all. That's true. <laughs> But we, we're going to start with one we like, aren't we? Yeah. One that deserves a bit of extra... An extra cuddle, Yeah, shall we say? Yeah, the singer definitely deserves <laughs> an extra cuddle on the night, given what happened. This is Suri with Storm.
6: Hey, hey brother. Do you remember when we were kids with no fear? Hey sister, do you believe in the things we dreamt, we discover? I still have faith, I still believe in chasing rainbows Storms do last forever, forever Remember, we can hold our hands
0: Okay, so we're a bit emotional here, aren't we?
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: So watching the actual, the the version that went out on the night, yeah, is it's a lot, and I think the thing that strikes me the most to begin with is how much the crowd are into the song, yeah, right from the get go. So are singing along with her. You've got the clapping, yeah, at, at the starts, and then when she hits that first chorus, yeah,
0: they're into it, and it feels like a proper it's, anthem. It really builds, and yeah. yeah, it really goes for it, and then. So those of you that don't know what happened is a protester came out, something anti-UK.
1: Grabbed the microphone off of her. Yeah.
0: And started shouting. Mm. And she had to recover her composure and take the microphone back and finish the song. And boy, when she gets that microphone back, does she belt but, it.
1: And that's the thing. She gets it back at that exact moment in that song when...
0: Where it, it, it takes it, a new level.
1: Yeah. And you can see it in her and she goes straight into it and she throws her arms up and she gets the crowd back straight away. Yeah. And you, you can see why in... That moment, she didn't want to take the opportunity to perform it again. Yeah. Because she put everything
0: into that there. Yeah, exactly. And you could see it. And but on the night, I remember screaming at the TV, no, perform it again, perform it again. Because yeah. you don't get that chance in your revision. I know it's a horrible way to get a second chance to sing your song, but mm. I reckon it would have done so much better if she had. I mean, it was only ninth in the running order, so it's a bit too early in the running order to do that well anyway, regardless of how good it was. Right. And it ended up 24th out of twenty six, and it was way better than that. It was way better than that. It was a top tenner. It really was. Yeah. And I think it was a strong year. It was the year that Neto won with Toy. Um, And we had Fuego. Yeah, there was a lot in that year, but still, (laughs) it deserves so much more. But what a talented, professional Surrey is. Susanna Marie Cork, to give her a full name. And also, um, she was in the brilliant Rhythm Inside um, song, which was done by Loic Nettet, Nottet for Belgium um, a few years before. So she, she, this wasn't her first rodeo. <laughs> but sadly, when it was her rodeo, she, she had a horrible time of it. I think this is another example of the UK taking it seriously,
1: though, this song, wasn't it? Completely. And it, it, it seems like it's been one that's kind of been forgotten by the wayside yeah. a bit. Yeah, and it totally does not deserve to be
0: no we'll be playing this again we will be playing this again yes very much so Suri if you're out there and you're listening we think you're amazing you did brilliantly on the night and we love you yes this section of the show goes out to all those bridesmaids of Eurovision yesteryear all those performers so, oh, so close yes. <laughs> to tasting sweet sweet victory I know but only to come to only second. be a footnote but no, in Eurovision history, whoever remembers these people who are second? Maybe we will. As we go through, maybe we'll think, well, we do remember them. But the point of this section of the podcast <laughs> is that we bring these people up to the f- forefront and we say, look, you are amazing, we love you, and you probably should have won. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to start with a group called Rollo and King, a Danish group formed by Soren Popper and Stefan Nielsen and joined... On stage as joining Rollo and King, just for this one performance, I think, was Signe Svensson. And they performed Never Ever Let You Go at the 2001 Eurovision in Denmark. This was Denmark hosting Eurovision. And this looked like, wow, there's a possibility that Denmark's going to win twice in a row. I think the only other time that's happened was Israel um, back in the 70s. So there was a good, good chance that they were going to win again and have to host all over again. <laughs> but um, anyway, this is Rollo and King with "Never Ever Let You Go."
4: Oh.
7: I'll never ever let you go. Though you hurt my feelings, you bring back memories all the time. I'll never ever be the same since you left me lonely. So please come back to me. I'll let you
0: go. So, how did you find that, Ryan, going back to 2001 and seeing the final song performed that night, <laughs> Rollo and King?
1: Yeah, that was a fun song. I mean, it, uh, you can see a little bit where the older Eurovision is meeting what Eurovision is now a bit more. You yeah. know, like, you've still got quite a dressy crowd that has <laughs> starting to get into it a bit more. Right, yeah. But, yeah, there's so there's that bit going on and it's becoming more of the event that it is. I think that was one of the first stadiums. Oh, okay. I think it was maybe the second time it was a big stadium. Right. That explains a lot then. So that's where a lot of that energy's coming from. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean that's a good song to have on in a stadium like that. It's fun. I'm gonna call it fun. You can call <laughs> it fun.
0: Yes. Is it the king of fun? Oh no, we have we have Sorry. Disrespecting <laughs> the king of fun from earlier there. <laughs> so I love the bit when Sig- Signa sort of struts on, she just comes on like she's just gliding. Oh in she there. she
1: was late. She was late to the party. She was she was applying one final coat of lip gloss before she came out, I think.
0: She had those weird I don't know what you call them, because they're not just flares but like bits where the material's sewn into the trousers so it flares even more. I think they would have been a nineties flare. Well, this is two thousand and one. So it would have been a nineties flare.
1: A a nineties flare. Yeah, flare.
0: (laughs) This Yeah. The winner was perhaps my least favourite winner. Oh, Well, I've got actually, to be fair, I've got a lot of (laughs) when it's like, but this one I really don't don't like. Tannel, Padar, Dave Benton and 2XL. A really dreadful party song (laughs) called Everybody, which somehow astonishingly won. Not the Backstreet Boys, Everybody, because that's the only one I hear when I... Here are songs everybody. Come on, everybody, let's do the thing. Come on, everybody. It was awful. Anyway, Rollo and King was second. They were 20 or so points behind. Then it was Greece, um, the group Antique with Die For You, which I always thought sounded like the theme tune to Juliet Bravo. But anyway, what was interesting is they went out as songs 20, 22 and 23. There were only 23 songs that year, and all of them finished in the top three. So... To say that going later in the contest doesn't make a difference, it bloody does. Huge. It sounds like something else was on TV that everyone just caught the last, the tail end of the yeah. show, almost. Yeah, and then voted. Yeah. Yes, possibly. I'd blame football. Football's usually to blame. I think we should blame football just, you know, regardless. Football's to blame. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we've established that. <laughs> so, that was our Bridesmaid Award. Well done, Rollo and King. May you long be remembered. Drum roll, please.
1: And we are now coming up to what I am calling, or what I have decided
0: we are calling, the Juice Award. He was very strong about. He's adamant, in fact, that this is what it was going to be called. The Juice Award. Is it called the Juice Award? The Juice Award. Yeah. This award
1: yeah. is for an act that entered their national selection and
0: failed to qualify to go to Eurovision. Ah. Yes. So that could... Is that only UK entries or could it be other countries?
1: I think we're going to have to use other countries because we've done so many of ours behind closed doors recently yeah. that there might not be the wealth of choice. Okay. And some could just be bad and didn't deserve to go. Yeah, exactly. So this is not but, just this is not just UK, but this time it is UK. But this time it is UK. And this time it's when there was a 13-year-old Ryan who was screaming at the TV... <laughs> That Juice should have won.
0: And I was outraged and I still carry that outrage he really with does. me he really does. to this day. Also, what he carries with him to this day in a box, which I've seen, are his Juice CDs. A Juice CDs? I have the... CDs, plural. Singles?
1: Album? The album, I feel, was in a commemorative box art. Was it? Yeah. I don't know why, but Jesus. it was. Commemorative Juice? Commemorative Juice box art. It was... Or maybe it was one of the singles, actually. Mine if there are any the other
0: outfit. Juice fans out there, <laughs> unlikely. But if there are, just give, give us a bit of a message on Twitter, on the old Twitters. We would like to hear, but I don't think there will be. I, I, maybe not. <laughs> anyway, so we're starting with Juice, and what's the song called? I Need You.
7: Oh. Song number one, Juice and I Need You.
1: That was Juice uh, with I Need You. And for those of, well, I assume most people that don't know, Juice were a four-piece sort of dance pop act. Yeah. Um, Achingly a- 90s. Achingly <laughs> 90s. And it just, it, it's even sweeter now, I think, going back yeah. to that time of, of that. Yeah. I, I kind of, I have a feeling that they would have been like a modern-day Bucks Fizz if they'd have represented the UK at that point I don't, you I, don't look I, convinced. I think I think
0: they would have come like 17th or 18th if they'd got through it wasn't a bad song but I have had to hear it two or three times before I thought oh yeah it's okay pop song <laughs> I think <laughs> you why kind of... are you so obsessed with it so I was
1: obsessed with it because I was a big fan of theirs and I think then when the song was went to Eurovision selection I didn't know what Eurovision was yeah. So I was like, well, they need to go through to that because it's a good song. Right. And I was just obsessed with it and with them as a band. And they, they were my first like teenage oh, band that I was obsessed with. And I remember each band member had a, a, like a Japanese character. And oh. I used to draw them and paint them and make Did big you? posters
0: of that oh. for my bedroom and stuff. Well, I hope Kelly O'Keefe, Lisa Armstrong, Craig Robert Young and Paul Holmes are listening because... At least one of them. At least one of them, yeah. Because we'd like to know <laughs> now if Lisa Armstrong is a name that that suddenly put something inside of you. That <laughs> sounds wrong. <Yeah. laughs> Lisa was married to Aunt McPartland. Yeah, she, she was. She had a very famous
1: marriage, a uh, very uh, tabloid,
0: tabloid famous, yeah,
1: famous marriage. But she, more importantly, she's also a very successful makeup artist. Yeah. And she does all the makeup for Strictly Come Dancing. Yeah, and she was in an episode of Glow Up. Quite. She was in, wasn't. She? Uh, she was a guest judge on Glow Up. Yes. So it's nice to see her second career as a MUA, as they call them. They do call them. They, that. they do call them. You know all the
0: terms. Basic. So which, which is the blonde head one, the, the sexy one? The guy. Obviously the guy. <laughs> yeah, so obviously the guy.
1: That was Craig Robert Young. and he's, Ooh, we like um, him. We do like him. We liked him at the time, but he's... Oh, he might even be... Oh, no, that's 2006.
0: we still, you know... We're just
1: <laughs> stalking his Wikipedia page now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's gone on to be uh, quite a well, well-to-do actor in America now, oh, okay. I believe. So, yeah. He was in Hot in
0: Cleveland and various other things. Okay, cool.
1: It's been keeping busy, so that's always good to see as well. But tell me, on the night,
0: back in 1995, Little Ryan, very upset. Yeah. They weren't only bit beaten to second place, they were beaten to third. I hate to rub it in, but they weren't even second. I don't even know what came...
1: The song that came second, I can't remember, though. No, no so one knows. No, no one knows. will know. And I barely... I remember what came first, but I... We're really making love ugh, now. And I'm still mad about it love city groove love city groove with love city groove <laughs> with love city groove
0: but <laughs> well, i think at that point we thought oh we're, we're going to be cool uk's going to be cool and no we wanted more eurovision pop
1: joy we needed the choreography we needed yeah. a routine that we could have learnt from home and Juice were giving that to us On a shiny platter, and we all said, no, we're too good. (laughs)
0: And let that be a lesson to us all, Mm -hmm. except the platter.
1: Because I remember we watched that Eurovision year, Mm -hmm. maybe last year, Yeah, and it
0: wasn't a very fun year. It was shit. And if Juice were there, they would have punched three. Maybe they would have done. Maybe you're convincing me now. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe in a parallel universe, they won.
1: In a parallel universe, they won. Definitely. Yeah and i would have been there screaming from the front row and you they would scream. have they would have been doing their 25 year anniversary yes. tour and i would have tickets
4: oh my gosh
1: <laughs>
0: but, but sure, alas, can we not encourage them to get back together just to do one performance
1: i <laughs> think people have tried <laughs> I mean? and the most we got was a digital remaster of their keep it loose album that was on that got on spotify a couple of years ago which is <laughs> dirty <laughs> It's good. It's a fun album. Is it? I enjoy it. Good. I've listened to it not too long ago. You didn't tell me that. Parts of it hold up. Parts of it hold up. That sounds like a... More than... More than... More of it holds up than doesn't. <laughs> Let's say
0: that. Anyway, enough of Juice. A, a very worthy entrant into the Juice Award is Juice itself. <laughs> Juice itself. But next week, we, next week, next time, we'll have something different, won't we? We will. Yeah. In honour of Juice. In honour of Juice.
1: And all others that came after Juice. Indeed. That maybe didn't come all that way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and now we come to our final, final song of the podcast. This is when we give over the fate of this episode to the Eurovision gods. And we'll use a randomizer tool to find one song from all of Eurovision history. Just one song from any year that we're going to play in and enjoy again. We have no idea what it's going to be. You will hear me click on, on my laptop as I try and work out how to do this. <laughs> I probably will fudge it. So but... shall we explain
1: how we're going to do
0: this? Yes, you explain while I click the so buttons. So while
1: you click the buttons, what we're going to do is we've loaded in all the years and we're going to make the randomizer, choose us a year, and click? then we will choose a position. Yes. Out of the playlist.
0: Oh, it's quite For the
1: running order, even. Should I go for it? Should I click on so generate, we're going to go for it. I'm please.
0: excited. I'm excited! Ooh. Oh my God! How funny! Earlier, I just said, what happened to fit something shit like, really early, like 1962? And it's 1962! It's 1962! <laughs> right. We have to now find out quickly how many songs were in 1962 and also, perhaps, whether it's actually available.
1: So there were 16 entrants that year, so we're going to now go from 1 to 16 and see which number we get. Number 2. Number two. So clearly not a winner. No.
0: Oh. Well, I don't know. When there's 16 songs, there's a no poor chance of early ones to do well. Has a number 2 ever won? No.
1: So there we go. A number
8: 1 has won before,
1: though. Oh, well, yeah. Brotherhood
0: of Man, were number 1. Oh, OK. So. So number 2 was... Let's going to have a look. It was Belgium Food Leclerc with the song Donom. Mm. Oh no, it finished last. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> well this is exactly why we wanted this to happen. Although oh, no, it was joint last with, with three other countries, with the Netherlands, Austria and Spain. Oh.
8: Avec mon nom pour lui donner le mien, effacer le tien. avec mon cœur à grands coups de bonheur, de bonheur éperdue. Et puis ta main qui garde la mienne et me guide dans l'ombre jusqu'au soleil. Nous n'avons pas besoin Des amours compliqués Des amants de cinéma Nous n'avons pas besoin De nous faire du ciné Le bonheur, c'est lorsque je vois Ton nom Qui joue avec mon nom Pour lui donner le mien Effacez le tien, ta joie qui chante avec ma joie pour qu'elle se fonde ensemble. Ton cœur qui joue avec mon cœur à grands coups de bonheur. Soleil, soleil.
0: okay so that was ton nom which means your name and music by eric Schan, and lyric by tony golan and that was the belgian singer food leclerc who ended up in last place but we rather enjoyed that, didn't we? Yeah, I thought that was good. It was
1: a bit of class, wasn't it? A bit of class, yeah. It had a bit of a Bond-esque sort of vibe to yeah. it. Yeah, Slight identity crisis in the middle there, yeah. where it completely changed into
0: something else. Yeah. But yeah, it was good. Yeah. We've stumbled across a terrible error on my part. I I hold myself like fully accountable for this. I kept saying 1958 is when the contest began. It actually began in 56. Wow. Because we know this, one of the reasons that this was pointed out to us is that he actually performed in 1956 at the very first contest. Um, A song which is very cheerfully called The Drowned Men of the Seine. (laughs) (laughs) Which sounds better in French. Monsieur Lenoir de de la Seine. De la Seine.
1: So Um, what you're trying to say is before people start sending us letters
0: (laughs) that we got a (laughs) fundamental... Yes, a fundamental fact fact wrong. You already started in 1956 and I knew that. I did not know that, but I am a
1: basic bitch, so I, I'm i not pretending to know anything here.
0: Do you want to know more about Food Leclerc? Yes, please. I have so much information about him. <laughs> so he, he started his career as a pianist, accordionist, songwriter and singer, but he retired to travel the world, bless him. And on his return to Belgium, he began a new career as a building contractor. Wow. Doesn't that sound like fun? But we thought he was very much like a, a young Tony Bennett. Yeah. And, and we appreciated his vibe so that just shows what the randomizer can throw at you, it could be <laughs> anything we had Belgian crooner Food Leclerc who we will never forget so that was our final song that was our final
1: song in our first episode <laughs> it was so there we go
0: <laughs> well I think we've reached the end of episode 1 I think we have
1: wonderful, have we've you enjoyed had, it we've had a journey Definitely. Very much enjoyed it. We've learned some things along the way. We've decided some songs are better than others already. Absolutely.
0: Um, we've already got a certified king of fun. Can I just ask you, what was your favourite of the seven? Oh, I think we have to do this each time. What was the Uh-oh. best song of the, of, the, of the seven we had?
1: Well, so for me, personally, for me, personally. I'm going to say juice. Of course you are. Because that, that's, that's in my soul. Oh, but that's hard. from this one, I'm gonna go with our uh, bonus track for Golden Boy, which was
0: not called Golden Boy. Yes, the Eleni Ferreira version. Yes, that was the best That one, one but yes. it wasn't actually performed at Eurovision, but,
1: but that was clearly it the was best. Eurovision adjacent. Yes, it was. This is our podcast, we make up our rules. Yeah, it's our podcast, not yours. Exactly. <laughs> As Trixie and said. <laughs> so that So that, that's the one I'm taking away from
0: this week the most. Okay. Good. How about you? I might have a sneaky play of Food Leclerc at some point, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. On that note, this has been Eurovision Queens. You can contact us in several ways. We are on Instagram at... Oh, yeah, we're on... <laughs> oh shit. We're on Instagram at Eurovision Queens. We're also on Twitter at Euro Queens Pod. You can also email
1: us on Eurovision Queens at gmail.com um, with your suggestions. Yeah. Uh, for
0: anything but the randomizer yeah. for obvious reasons. The other six categories, so UK winners, um, the Bridesmaid Award for second places, the different um sections, the different year sections, and what's the other one? Or oh, whatever the other one is. The Juice Awards. The Juice, juice Award. Award. Sorry. I can't
1: believe I forgot the Juice Award. Have we said Juice Award enough? The Juice Award for Juice Greatness. Yes. For other people. It's open to anyone that isn't called Juice. Yeah. Any That's country. Well, any country. Any country. Yeah. I've got a few. They
0: don't even have to be a shit pop act. But it does help. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.